0: Coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the doc, John. Good to see you. And we are going to talk about everything about everything. That's we're going to talk lot about of stuff. We are we're a wealth of information. First thing we're going to talk about is UFC Moscow, which was this week and Saturday 11 a.m. for uh, Pacific time. I don't know what time it was in in Moscow, but it was a pretty good card. Um, let me just touch on a couple of the prelims real quick. Um, uh, the first one was... Um, it was uh, Tehran Ware against Marab. I'm not going to try to say his last name. It was Marab. Tiron uh, uh, is... is uh, he's really good stand-up and boxing... But he just did not have an answer for Marab's takedowns. He just got taken down at will every round, and he lost that way. So, I really like him, and I like his his toughness and his his, uh, perseverance, uh, tenacity. But to me, if he wants to be successful, um, more successful, if he wants to take his fighting to the next level... He needs to work on his takedown defense, Um, and I think without that, every time he fights a guy that has good takedowns, the fight's going to end like that because he had absolutely no answer for this guy's takedowns. Bing. Second one I saw in the prelims was uh, Desmond Green, Uh, and he fought uh, another Russian again uh, named. uh, It was I think it was yeah. Named uh, Maribek something. Maribek um, was really good, um, but um, Desmond came, was a, a lot better than I thought he was going to do against this guy because this guy is supposedly like the knockout guy and the this and the that. He he came with more hype, and he was he was he was favored to win. But I think Desmond showed a lot. Um, but I think the reason Desmond lost was all about uh, Marib's. Uh, is that it. you say? It? Merbeck. Merbeck. Merbeck's uh, f- foot positioning. His foot positioning was outside of Desmond's. He was a sol- uh, He was regular, and Desmond's a southpaw, and he was able to keep his foot outside of Desmond's. And I think he got the better combinations, the better techniques, the more the more control of everything. And I think he he won. I think he won by one point, um, but he did win. I think, um, but it was a really close fight. So I think he won all on on positioning of his foot and his body, um, and that's what you can do when you fight somebody that's opposite orientation than you not sexual orientation of course that really doesn't matter in a fight per se but if they're your opposite like if you're an orthodox fighter and they're a southpaw you have to fight for positioning of your front foot to be on the outside of theirs and that way you can turn that corner just a little bit so you can still effectively attack but you're out of their way so like they'd be right here all the time so they could be punching me but I'd be like this, so I'd be a little more, uh, a little more awkward for me to get to them. So that's just a little uh, trick for you guys, uh, if you guys want to become fighters someday. Anyway, all right, getting to the main card. Um, first fight was Thiago Alves versus uh, Kunchenko. Up. Kunchenko. Yeah. Kunchenko came in with a shit ton of hype, nineteen and zero, and and. Uh, supposedly like walked on water and and they just built him up so much um and he's really good this is his first fight in the UFC first fight in the UFC correct but then a lot of guys that haven't fought in the UFC they're 19 and 0 against guys that are 0 and 19 but he's not he's actually 19 and 0 against winning fighters so the the majority of his wins are against winning fighters. Whereas a lot of people, they build up, they build them up in smaller shows, so they go, oh, I'm 19-0, and 0. but you look at their combined record of their 19 opponents, and they're, like, say, 5-52. and 52. So this guy, I guess, it was the real deal because he beat quality guys that were winning fighters. With that said, I think Tiago Elves won. What do you think? I agree. I think if he won, I don't know, I thought he won the first two rounds. It was basically a
1: kickboxing match. Mm. Um, And watching Tiago Alves kickbox is pretty fun. He's... uh, Uh, just watching, he's a highlight reel of kickboxing. So Of leg kicks, mainly. Also, he had a, I think he checked a kick early on. Maybe it was in this, even in the second round. Yeah. That he checked a kick, and they showed it back in slow motion. He had the biggest bruise, swelling, whatever, hematoma, Yeah. right on the front of his shin, right over his tibia. That looked really painful, but it didn't slow him down at all. He yeah. He continued um, unaffected <laughs> by that leg check. It was pretty brutal to watch in slow motion.
0: Yeah. When it, when it comes to leg kicks, anything on your shin, even a cut or bruising, doesn't really slow you down. You don't feel it that much. It doesn't impair your mobility. Like getting kicked on the thigh muscle, like Hunt did to his opponent, that will slow the opponent down. That will hurt. I mean, like hurt. Um, it, and it affects your mobility. But kicks on your shin or even checking and then getting a bruise on your shin... For some reason, it just doesn't really affect your mobility or or your attacking because it, it really just doesn't hurt that much. I mean, it hurts when it first happens because um, you try to bump your sh- shin on a, a table. Of course, it hurts, and you want to rub it, but then you can still walk around after you hit your shin on a table, and it's the same way in the fight, but it did look pretty bad. It does look bad. Like a golf ball goes, it, you know, he had a golf ball on his shin right away. I think I think he did enough to win. Who gets hurt more in that exchange, the kicker or the kickee? It's it's usually the kicker, uh, just like when um, when Al, you know when Anderson Silva kicked uh, Chris Weidman's right and sh- broke his. Um, That's scary. Snapped his tibia. I think it's tib, tib fib tib. because yeah. his leg was
1: just flopped over sideways after that happened. So seeing those checks in slow motion is scary. It's like, oh, that could go really bad. It looks well, what, it looks you, painful for both ends of that exchange.
0: Yeah. It it hurts the, the kicker usually hurts more. But usually you get hurt when it's when it's static and your leg is all your weights on your front leg and it kicks your knee on the inside or the outside. That's usually when you really get hurt as a kicker. But when he lifts up his leg it's kind of like a spring, so it, do, it, take, it takes a lot of the force away, but it's still two shins hitting each other, so it's going to hurt no matter what. And injuries to that area are hard to heal because
1: there's not a lot of soft tissue. It's basically skin and then bone. There's not much else there, so you know yeah. you don't have muscle there to protect it or anything it else. Hurts. So it hurts. It's
0: right on the bone. So they, those injuries can take a while to heal up, too. So, so, anyway, I thought he won the fight, We too. both thought he won that fight. I, I think he, he did. I, I worked with him when he fought uh, George St. Pierre. I've worked with him in American Top Team a few times. And he's just, he's like the nicest guy in the world. I mean, born and raised in Brazil, but I met him in his early 20s, so he hadn't been there that long. And he, I didn't even get a, uh, I didn't even sense an accent. I mean, he speaks perfect, fluent English. And I was surprised to find out he was born and raised in Brazil. I thought he was Brazilian, but he was born and raised here. And he's a really together guy that just takes, he's a family man. He, he's like, he's bought, a, he's bought like some property and rental property. He's just a smart guy that's a really nice guy that you'd never, if you talk to him, I mean, he looks like a fighter, obviously, but if you talk to him on the phone, you would never in a million years think this guy's a fighter. Great guy. Also, just that being
1: said, I think Conchego, he won the third round. and He he definitely outboxed him in the third round. So that's what it ended on. Yeah. So he got the win. He got the decision. It was was close all the way. I think it was a unanimous decision, though.
0: Yeah, and it was close all the way. I mean, I think think he actually... uh, I think CompuBox, I think he might have got more something. But he definitely... It definitely looked like he was the power guy coming forward. Like, he had... uh, he was coming forward, but I think uh, Thiago was landing more, and his leg kicks were great, and he just, I, I thought he won. He also had a takedown. Okay. And I think they
1: have on total strikes, they have them even. Okay. So, anyway. Bang.
0: Oh, well. It's good to see Thiago fight. Yeah. And then we got, we got uh, Shamil versus Andre Oloski. Uh... I could have seen this one going y- either way, but um, I think Arlovsky got a couple of really cool sweeps. Um, looked almost like a judo guy or Greco-Roman. Um, he got a couple sweeps, so he won, I think, the first. But then the second, um, Shamil did start coming forward a little more and, and landing a little more and getting some takedowns and, and ending up on the on top for a little while. Um and I think... It's uh, the fight where they stood him up. Yeah, they stood him up. Yeah. Because our... Uh, Andre is, is known as a submission guy. He doesn't really work his submissions much anymore. But I think I think he was content on the bottom because he was so safe. And maybe he was a little tired trying to catch a breather. But, I mean, he was so safe on the bottom, uh, the ref stood him up. Because you could tell that Shamil wasn't going to do anything. So, it kind of went like that a little on the second. The, the third... He got poked a couple times, uh, eye pokes, and maybe even a low kick or something—a a ball kick. Yeah. So there was a lot of like this. Even when he wasn't poked a couple times, he like looked at the referee to to warn Shem- Shamil, and there just wasn't much action going on. I mean, it was a kind of an interesting fight, just because I thought it was going to get explosive at any second, but it was it was a close decision. I thought Shamil won. Could have gone either way, um, but I I definitely wouldn't have complained if I was uh, in in our lofty corner. So, so, so-so fight. Yeah, it wasn't. It was boring. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Next
1: fight. I don't know. It was two heavyweights. Um, And then Jan Blankowicz was from Poland, right? Yeah. He was the non-Russian in this fight against Krylov.
0: Yeah, Krylov... um, Kimmy was so much hype, I, I didn't even know who the, the underdog was. But, uh, I mean, it, it was weird that um, Krylov, uh, who was the better striker, did go for some takedowns. They even got some. But he wasn't, I mean, there was never a danger for Jen. And to me, it just took away from uh, uh, Krylov's um, chance of winning. Um, because he's definitely, you know, he would have been better at scoring from his feet, but he, he actually took him down a couple of times, um, and then ended up getting taken down and choked out, I think in the second round, wasn't it? Yeah. Round two. Yeah. So he got, he got choked out in the second round and, uh, uh Jan looks like he'll be in title contention. I don't know what he's rated right now. Uh, is he rated at all? Yeah, because he looks like he should be in the top... At least the top 15. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Number Isn't... four. Oh, he's a... <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He's in the top 15. Oh, my God. That's so lame of me. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was rated, but then I, I thought he like got injured, so they might have dropped him down for Maybe a while. that's where he's at now after this fight. Yeah, it could be. But, yeah, I thought he got injured, and they took him out for a while. But, yeah, anyway, he... You can see why he's rated. I mean, he's like, he has had really good strikes and he was able to uh, um, easily control. uh, This one wasn't a gimme for the Russian. No. Uh, I don't know. It seems like a lot of
1: times these hometown fights, there was always a hometown fighter and the vast majority of the fights seem to go the way of the hometown. I don't know if that's hometown advantage. I think this happened again in Moscow. Most of the Russian fighters won except this fight.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they did. So, anyway, Jan, I mean, he's just, he's, he's a black belt, jiu-jitsu black belt, and and he has some really good stand-up, so he, his, he, he ended up winning, but, yeah, he's... Yeah, he, he's from Poland. Yeah, but he lives somewhere else and trains somewhere else. Um, this guy looks
1: like a Bond villain, doesn't he?
0: The uh, <laughs> Olenek, he looks like he should be in a Bond movie. Olenek is just crazy. I mean, I thought he was for sure done with like a minute into the first round, I thought he was done. His leg got lit up. Oh, my God. Hunt's leg kicks. But I, I just was surprised because Hunt didn't seem like he threw that that overhand with complete and utter just knockout of the uh, intentions. It looked like that overhand just kind of didn't look like a Mark Hunt overhand. His leg kicks were brutal. But then he got taken down, which, it, I mean, this guy is such a good grappler. And he makes things look so easy, like submitting guys off his back while he's mounted. So, I mean, the guy's a freak, and he doesn't look like he's doing much. So the takedown looked like it was a gimme, even though, like I said, with this uh, Olanok guy, he's... You don't want to be taken down. Yeah, with him, once it goes anywhere near the ground, it's just a matter of seconds before he's choking you. Like I said, he choked a guy out who mounted him and was pounding him. He was pounding him, and, the ref, and the, the ref was just about to stop it. And the announcers were like, oh, shit, this fight's going to end in a second. He was getting pounded. He was mounted. And he was getting punched in the face, bucked the guy forward. Next thing you know, the guy was tapping. Nobody knew what happened. They had to go back in slow motion to see this this, this crazy Ezekiel choke from the bottom. And um, so the guy's a freak. He, his legs look battered. Um, and the takedown didn't look like much, but I think he makes things not look like much. I think he just, just he could like touch most people and they're going to go on the ground. And then i will touch them again, they'll get choked out. He's, I, I see this guy winning a title. It looked like, I mean, he just looked like he was going to get the shit kicked out of him. And then, boom, next thing you know, his opponent's tapping. And that's not the first time this happened. And this was a main event and both guys uh, were over 40. Olnik's forty one and Hunt, I think,
1: is forty four. Man,
0: he was so. pretty good. I, 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 nothing but this guy is a freak. He's like, his record's fifty seven eleven, so he's lost eleven times. I bet you he, he doesn't even train. I bet that he is just, a lot of fights. Yeah, yeah, he's got sixty bait fights, sixty whatever, sixty nine yeah. fights. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's he's fun to watch because you know that at any second anything could happen. Um, and same with Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt can knock you out at any second, but it just happened that in this fight it was the other way around. I can't imagine being Olenek though, and
1: that bell ringing, and you have to come out and fight Mark Hunt. I mean, just imagine coming across the ring,
0: and he's the guy you got to fight. Yeah, I that would be I feel the same way about Olenek. I can't imagine looking across the ring and thinking, oh, well, shit. knowing what you know about him, yeah, I mean, right. But just by right. looks, yeah. Yeah, just by looks, Mark Hunt looks like he's gonna knock you out. But if you know anything about Olenek, you're just—I would be running, like running around, like oh, I would just hope he gets tired. Fuck like that! Yeah, you would not want to go on the ground.
1: So that that fight was either gonna end on the ground in a he, submission or on the feet with a knockout.
0: He's he is choke guys outstanding. and he's choke guys out from the mount, and he's not—he's—he's—he's he's, 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 yeah, he's a freak. So I don't know what he does. I think he trains the American Top Team now. So. And that's where Mark Hunt used to train. So, that yeah, it was a good fight. So that was a good card. Um, there was
1: boxing too. There was
0: boxing. I Triple didn't watch G. The
1: boxing. What did you think of the boxing? Triple
0: G against uh, against Canelo. Um, I thought Triple G won. Very very minutely, I could see it going the other way. But I I would have if I was a judge, I would have given given it to Triple G. Um, but, with that said, let's not forget, Canelo cheats. I mean, he does steroids. So, it's hard to give a guy a fight. I know promoters have to make money, and I, I know they have to swallow their integrity at times. But, I mean, the guy cheats. And you, you can't say, well, that was in the past, he paid his dudes Really? So, if you were a cop, and you knew the cop down the block, and he cheated, like he stole drugs from the drug dealer, and then he sold them, and then you found out he did that, is he going to be a cop anymore? No. If you cheat, you're you're a cheater. And that means you have the steroids already. It's in your bones. It's in your bone density. It's in your musculature. Even if you're not, like, right now doing the steroids, once you cheat in steroids... I don't think you should ever be able to fight again. That's crazy that they let him... Because you look at the guy and then... I mean, anyone that's done steroids, you just look at their career and it's done. It just... Everything they've done is fucking diminished. It means nothing anymore. Because everything they did, you'll always think, have they been? would they be able to do that if they didn't have steroids? So, I mean, it's... it's to me, you should never be able to... To fight again. It was, I thought it was so un, unfair that he just did his steroids and then he had to take a little break and then come back. It meant nothing. The break meant nothing. He's making tens of millions of dollars for a fight. So to, to, to suspend him for like six months means nothing. Well, just in your analysis, when you say with weight cuts, you could never do
1: weigh ins the same day because you'd have all these canceled events. Imagine if you didn't let fighters fight again that use steroids. <laughs> How many guys would be eliminated? Yeah, permanently.
0: They, yeah, but you're not just finding out the day of the fight. You know what I mean? Right, so, but
1: you'd still take a giant part of the roster, and they'd be yeah, gone. Yeah, and,
0: and they can't. I mean, they they can't. I mean, they just. I mean, I, money outweighs integrity. I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, we see that all the time. I know, but it's it's yeah. sad when we do, especially like in in a combat sport, which I consider so near to my heart, and it's it's. Uh, it's, it's so martial I think it should be so martial arts based with the integrity and, and, the, and the Bushido and the you know and, and, and you know the modesty and the humility. But once you take steroids, you're just a cheater and it means you're willing to cheat to, lo- to win. you know so it's like it takes it all away. So then every time you win, it tarnishes every win. It tarnishes your legacy. I mean you can't be con- no fighter that does steroids. Can, has any anything they do, have? you know, it, it can't be held on any kind of pedestal anymore because they do steroids. So, like, I mean, same with weightlifting or bodybuilding. Imagine if there was steroidless bodybuilding. There is. I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there, there is. So now. They can, don't look the same as right. the other guys. So, you imagine if they competed against the the steroid bodybuilders. It's that different if you're doing steroids or not in fighting. The non-steroid bodybuilders couldn't even make, like if there was a a hundred, they couldn't even make in the the top 90s because they're that different. Once you do steroids, it changes everything. I mean, just look at guys like Franco Colombo or Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then look at a regular guy that just lifts weights and doesn't do steroids. It's like you can't even compare the two. And the same is true in, in in fighting. So I don't think any fighter that's ever does so I think that as soon as they get busted, boom, go pick another profession. Period. I, I don't think they should ever be able to fight again. You can't argue logically that they should be able to. You just can't. You could can try right now. Well
1: the problem was in the not that long ago, if you weren't testing very well, you had guys cheating and getting away with it. Now if you're the guy that doesn't cheat You're going to get knocked out or you're going to get harmed physically because you're not doing the same thing everyone else or everyone else is seemingly doing. So the best thing like the UFC could have done is say we're going to have really strict testing so that those guys that aren't going to do steroids don't have to feel bad that now maybe I'm competing against someone. They are still. That's using. And they still are. And they're getting busted though. Right, but they're still doing it. I don't think they can be doing it nearly on the scale that they're still doing it. They're still
0: doing it though. Shouldn't be able to do it all. And even if you're testing negative because you cycled off your, your, your bone deck's density is going to be much higher. You're going to have much more musculature and you've trained, been able to train and recover much better. So that's all in the bank. And then you, you cut. So you test positive or you test negative, but you've already had all the benefits of it. And it means, so it means nothing anymore. If if the fighter is willing to do steroids, um, they should never be able to fight again. That's just I mean, why are we filling to get it out though, and to go on to a future combat sports without it at all?
1: It has this messy middle ground, why? Where there were guys that used to use, and now they're still fighting even if they're not using now. Right. In so in the future, you'll have guys that was never so easy.
0: Used. There's no messy. It just said from the day they started testing say okay from now on from this day forward if you ever test positive again you will never fight in 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 mma again from that day there's no messiness just everyone that ever tests positive they're still testing positive and like every fight you hear one or two guys have tested positive so if they started that then I don't if, think I've heard one guy come out and say sorry. I used steroids.
1: They all say I used a contaminated. Yeah. Steroid. Oh. I ate horse meat. I ate horse
0: know. meat that was uh, contaminated <laughs> steroids, or I was taking this pill, and I didn't know. Yeah, I just took. A, I went down to GMC. I didn't know. No, you don't. Fucking eat good and and and, and train hard. Eat good and train hard. And you and have you'll to never take test no positive.
1: Supplements that have been tested taking supplements that say don't say anything on the bottle but haven't been tested you're really risking taking
0: them and people aren't willing to risk they're th- that they're not what they're doing is they're taking steroids and then saying that's what it is I mean, that's it <laughs> that's the bottom line so anyway so this when did this boxer get So box anyway for he got steroids? busted a while ago and you can just tell his physique, you know, is much different. And, you know, it's changed and and Triple G didn't do steroids. So there's always going to be that that in the back of my mind. Even though, you know, he's a great fighter and, and, and I don't know if he'd be a great fighter if he wasn't a steroid guy. But, I mean, whatever he's done, he, he's it's made him a great fighter. So he was able to beat Triple G, which who doesn't do steroids. So, I mean, that's like, okay, wow. I mean, it's... It, to be honest, it'd be like a a multi millionaire is born on third base, right? He's born with his mom and dad's money. He's born on third base. And then he's going around telling everyone he just hit a fucking triple. I mean, it's just like they they shouldn't start be able to start there when everyone else has to start on home plate and make their way to third base. It just it it doesn't it, it doesn't uh, it makes the playing field une uneven you know, without even like. Do you have an interest to see their
1: third fight, they no, fight again? No, yeah, I, don't, I think I don't the, think, the I don't interest care. is gonna die off pretty much. I don't think I'm
0: interested to ever see um, anybody that does steroids. I'm not interested to ever see them fight because it's just it's a sham. I mean, it really is. But I de- I definitely am interested to see Triple G where he goes next, and I want to see uh, Mayweather and uh, and uh, Pacquiao's third third fight. Is that third fight I think? I'm interested to see that, so so that's one
1: end of the spectrum using steroids to get stronger, yeah. and then the other end of the spectrum we were talking about this weekend is what's happening to the human you know the human race as we move forward? Are we getting weaker and uh John and I talk about this sometimes is our society making us weaker, are people just in general getting weaker with evolution? We're weaker than we used to be, probably. But why is that? And is, are we good? Maybe we're stronger than we ever were as a human race? I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, our athletes are stronger than ever. Our athletes are faster than ever. Our athletes are more more skilled than ever. But I think overall, as just as a, as a race, and when I say race, I mean human race, so don't start with, don't start any snowflake stuff. Human race has become weaker and softer. Definitely. I mean, come on. I well, mean, so this... we Mentally talk, we, and physically. We talk
1: about this physically. And so I had stumbled across uh, some article put in, in like a hand therapy journal recently, uh, relatively recently, but it showed that grip strength tested in the 80s in like <laughs> college age men compared to now in the 2000 teens, like 2016, 18 somewhere, is like... 20% weaker than it was like 30 years ago. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, that's a huge drop-off in strength. And who knows how good the study was and maybe it's the samples weren't the same or whatever. But if that's real, if that amount of strength decreases real in our young adult male population, why is that? I think the obvious answer is we don't do as much physical labor anymore. Yeah. Maybe your computers do more. There's automated more. You know, I, I don't know. But people don't do as much with their hands as they used to. So I brought something today that <laughs> y'all want to try. You know what this thing's called? It's called a hand dynamometer. It's a hand it's a It's a dynamometer. It's a dynamometer. It's a hand yeah. But basically it just measures. We use it in the office and it measures how strong... You know, just peak force, how strong you can grip. And we usually, you know, if someone has a hand injury or they have carpal tunnel, you can measure how strong they are compared to their opposite side. And there's developed norms where you know what's considered strong or weak or normal. And it it decreases as we age. And it it increases as we age initially. You know, as we get up to age 20, it's going up. Yeah. And then pretty quickly, it sucks. It's going down. Tell me about it. It's going down. Going down. I I brought up the... I think it starts going down at, when it starts going down, I think you peak out here at 25 to 29 years old. After 29, the numbers decline for your grip strength. And in in medical literature, we use grip strength is used as just a general sign of health. If you like, you know, obviously, if you check someone's grip strength who's in the ICU, you know, on a ventilator, it's probably not as good as someone who's healthy. So... You know, obviously, just a general measure of health is how strong you can grip. Uh, I don't think necessarily making your grip strength stronger through practicing is going to make you live longer.
0: Yeah. But your grip strength is definitely related to mortality. And I tested in the high, I tested as strong. What's under, after strong? Is there very strong? Uh, no, you, no. Sorry. If you break this and you're very strong,
1: I think if Sorry. you, if it, if you crush the metal. <laughs> I anyway, That's like Glover Tichero. He could probably crush that. Yeah, but I had an uncle who was a farmer, and he would shake your hand and just crush your hand. I hate guys like that. Yeah, but he was a farmer, and yeah. just huge, burly guy with big hands. Um, but grip strength is an interesting thing
0: to check, and I think we'll be... Uh, so you guys out there should work on your grip strength as martial artists. Not only is it a good indicator overall, um, but grip strength is very important. Sometimes you're in a position... Where, like they say don't do isolation moves in in CrossFit. But there are some isolation moves. Like if someone's got your arm bar, sometimes this arm isn't in play yet. Sometimes all you have from here to snapping your arm is the the bicep muscle. Sometimes that's all you have in martial arts. And that's one reason I've gone from CrossFit to CrossFit. Because I've added in some things that are specific to martial artists and sometimes tricep I mean they don't isolate triceps but sometimes someone's coming in on a single leg or even a double leg and they've already gotten into you know gotten your legs sometimes all you've got is your tricep to push their head down. So sometimes we do isolate uh you know movements and muscles in martial arts and hands hands are one of them because sometimes it could be a life or death situation. There's someone's on top of you. You're on the bottom and you get, get your hand around by their face. Sometimes your, th- your thumb strength or even your finger strength in their eye is all you have. That's all you have between, between staying alive and dying. Because you might be able to get out of that position and get home to your family or not. Completely depending on you know, the isolation of your hand strength. You know, same with your biceps. Same with a lot of your muscles. So, training hard and developing your musculature um, is a very important part of any martial arts program. So, but just think about if what your job is and what
1: your grip strength might have been like thirty years ago. I think everyone's on computers now. Everything's automated. Our lives are made so much easier. You have a car that's an automatic transmission with air conditioning and maybe. And that's why we should train, just life guys. Life is just so easy now. Physically, it is. That's physically.
0: why all of you guys should train all so the time.
1: There's been a bit of physical decline um, that's been measured in one
0: generation. Terrible. It's, it, it's been measured, and, and politically, it's okay politically correct to say that it's, it's, we're getting weaker physically. But when you say how weak, how weak we are getting mentally, too, weak and soft... That's not so politically uh, correct, so I'm gonna stay away from you that. Need one. a mind mometer to know how <laughs> weak someone is, we do. Mentally. It's called it's called social media, <laughs> and look what happens when people go crazy because of social media. I just turn off the social media. Yeah. Anyway, work on your grip strength. Work on your. You'll grip live strength. longer, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> and if not, you'll have a stronger grip. So when people, so like when your girl, when your daughter's boyfriend comes over to meet you, if you can't intimidate. Your daughter's boyfriends. Your your job as a father is. You're just not even a father. You should not be a father if you cannot intimidate your your daughter's boy boyfriends. Start, you have to start with grip strength. All right, start job. with grip grip strength. Till next time. See you guys.